we kick off our 2024 NHL draft profiles with defenseman Artem uh, Levshunov, the Michigan State defenseman. Um, Steven Ellis from the Daily Faceoff joins. We're going to talk about Levshunov's game, uh, where he would fit, and if he could be the best defenseman in the draft class. So all that and more on today's episode. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. Probably part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everyday, all you have to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube as well. And today we're going to start our with our first draft profile. Uh, Steven Ellis from the Daily Faceoff joins where we break down uh, Artem Levshunov's game. Uh, we get to know this Big Belarusian, Belarusian, that's a fun word to say, um, defenseman. And if he could kind of be the best defenseman in the draft class, um, where he'd fit in the Sharks pipe, uh, pipeline, and if he could actually be playing pro hockey right now. Uh, so before we get into it with Steven, do want to let you guys know that today's game, is, or today's episode, excuse me, uh, is brought to you guys by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Uh, right now, new customers can uh, get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. And now we bring in Stephen Ellis of the Daily Faceoff uh, to kickstart our draft profile coverage. Uh, your first one, buddy. I hope you're excited. I am. I love talking hockey prospects. I guess that's that's important for me. That's my job. But, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, we're going to talk about a good one today. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about one uh, Artem Levshunov. So really quick, if you do not know who Artem Levshunov is, he is a defenseman playing for Michigan State in the NCAA. Six foot to 198 pounds so far as we're recording this on January 23rd. Uh, he's played 24 games, has seven goals, 19 assists, but 58 shots on goal. Uh, Steven, I ask, what makes Levshunov such an intriguing prospect? Well, you know, with this year, there's so many good defensemen to to tackle here. And I think with when it comes to Lefshunov's play, it's like he's about as complete of a player as it, as it gets. Like he could probably be playing pro hockey right now in mm. arguably the NHL. Um, obviously the KHL probably too for sure. But uh when you just look at the way he like he's got the size, he's six foot two, but he's like over two hundred pounds, and he's not afraid to throw it around. He's very good offensively. You'll kind of think he's over a point per game now at this point. Uh so he's got that the, the size, the, the skill. But he's really good defensively, which is actually really important because there's a lot of good blue liners in this draft class, but not a lot of guys who are good in their own zone. Um, and it's hard to come up with a comparable for him because, I, first off, I hate comparables. Um, but I think just, you know, there's not – we don't get defensemen that are this well-rounded. Um, maybe more at Sider, but, like, he's not as big as more at Sider was. Um, mm-hmm. like the, maybe just the, the playing style, but he's a he's – physically, he's – 
very strong and and he uses that to his advantage he dominates players that way so uh he's very confident uh i know i talked to one scout who's like he's confident he's not cocky he knows what he's capable of doesn't try to do anything more than that and sticks to his strengths and those strengths are again good two-way play physicality and a great shot so uh he's kind of everything you're looking for from a guy who could be a top pairing defenseman uh, long term so let's start with those strengths, right? You mentioned his kind of two-way game. And how impressive is that, especially for one, a guy of his age, and two, also doing this in the NCAA, which I think is, you know, among kind of the prospects, I think is one of the tougher leagues to to do this, especially when you're playing the guys who might be 22, 23, 24 years old on a night-in, night-out basis. Um, well, let, let's start with that, with his his kind of two-way game. Why, why is such a, a, a big part of it? I think, you know, like that it's he's he understands how to use that to his advantage, how to use the his speed and the skill to his advantage. Um, I think with him, you know, going and playing Michigan State, where at the beginning of the season, it was some easier competition for him. And I felt that allowed him to yep. ease in. It wasn't like he was playing like the University of Michigan or Boston College in his first game. Like, I don't remember who he played, but it was it was a couple of games where it's like, OK, this is a couple a cupcakes to kind of work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, it was a we, you know. It was a perfect start to the schedule. Um, and actually, it was the uh, Lake Superior State University, and it was not like it was pretty one-sided games. But it was kind of a while until I think it was like the end of October where they started playing against the Boston College Eagles. And those games were a bit diff- more difficult, but I still thought he looked mm-hmm. really good. And um, it was probably one of the few guys that really stood out to me. Um, and it, as the season's gone on, he's gotten a lot better. I think, you know, the being able to play against competition like that early, um, and the coaching staff gave him those minutes and he had a good goaltender behind him in, in Detroit Red Wings prospect Trey Augustine. And, and obviously we know with how good Michigan state's been this year, there's been so many good players, but with Lashunov, it's just like, he's, I think the fact that like we, I mentioned, he's kind of pro ready the way he plays where mm-hmm. he just guys don't know how to get around him easily. He gets in their face, things like that. And the physicality part of it, it's, it's something that a lot of, players really struggle with when they try to get to the next level. I think like Luke Hughes was an example of a guy that had so much skill, but it took a little bit to yeah. figure out how to handle the physical game with Fluff Shunoff. It's not, that was not a problem. And that type of, of physical ability has really helped because you get older competition, you get stronger competition, you get guys that are looking to be turning pro in a few months. Um, so that type of level of competition every single night, I know they only play two weeks, two games a week, basically, but yeah. I feel like that was huge for him because he's been able it, it goes and overworked. The USHL schedule is way more demanding. I think it's like 20 ish more games last year, but he played so much as a rookie last year mm-hmm. that he proved like, okay, yeah, he's ready to go here. And, and uh, I think with just the way he's been able to adapt his physical game has been huge. Um, as he continues to kind of grow and develop and, you know, eventually hopefully make the NHL, what do you think is going to be the, his one defining trait? I, I want to say maybe just his physical play and not necessarily like landing big hits, but just how he mm. really just holds his own along the boards. He's guy will come and try to make a deke around him. He's not letting that happen. And because he's mobile, um, he's able to use that, the, the flexibility in him to get to where he needs to be and then use his body to create everything from there. So um, that's kind of how I look at it. And then of course, you know, he's growing, developing. What's the one thing that you want to see him continue to work on as he gets ready to make those next steps. I think there's a few times where I, I question some of his decision-making. Like I'd say he's still, again, as close to being like as, as good of an overall defenseman as you're going to find in this class, because there's a yep. lot of good young defensemen that don't really play a lot of defense. And uh, I think that's, 
as stupid as that sounds like that's kind of just been the reality of the last couple of years like guys like kale mccarr and quinn hughes who could do that two-way game there's a reason yeah. like an adam fox like guys like that there's a reason they're at the top of the tops because few guys could do what they're able to do and still produce the offense they do um with with love shooting off it's i think that it's still just making the right decision at the right time sometimes he'll get a little fancy with the puck when he doesn't need to he just needs to keep things simple and i think because mm-hmm. he's so good with the puck he tries to rely on himself too much and, and won't always use his teammates i feel like he's gone better throughout the year on that but that's still something where at least when he turns pro we'll we'll take some guidance and I mean, that's that sounds like a rep thing, right? And, you know, especially uh, kind of these star prospects, you had to be the one, the, the, the guy, right? Usually on, on your kind of junior teams and kind of working your way up. And uh, that that's usually a rep thing, learning to like actually utilize your teammates instead of just doing everything on your own because you've been able to do everything on your own for years. And uh, so, yeah, that, that doesn't worry me. And again, like our, our good friend Hattie always says, you want them to kind of experiment with the creativity at this stage. That way they can kind of, as they get continue to grow on, uh, you can kind of figure out what I can and can't get away with. And that way you're not getting to the NHL and going, oh, I can't do this anymore type of, of thing. So, yeah, it's like right. you look at him like he was two years ago, he was playing Belarus under 18 hockey. And like that's uh, not a high level of hockey. And I think it was like 15, 16 year old year old playing division one a at the world juniors like that's that's a lot of responsibility and he was playing top line minutes so he's always mm-hmm. been the best and i think part of that was like you know he was so physically advanced that guys in belarus like they don't produce a ton of hockey talent but he just yeah. was so far ahead so he went to the ushl it was like okay let's see what he could do and oh my god he was the real deal of the green bay gamblers <laughs> so uh, i think everything we've just kind of seen there is just like you know a guy that's always been the number one guy, but he continues to just improve on that. I think one example of where that could be a uh, maybe a downside is Cole Eiserman. I know a lot of uh, I'm yeah. still really high on him, and I'm writing an article about him. And I, I think the thing with him is he's always had to, he's always been the star all the time. Yeah. But then defensively, he can just fall apart, do nothing, lack completely. Um, so. I think with him, it's like it almost like they need to. He needs to be in a spot where he isn't the star anymore to kind of figure out the more well-rounded side of the games. Where Flav Shunov, he's been the star, but he had to do a lot in areas like in, in growing up in the Belarus junior system where mm. he had to do so much of that. And I think that that ability for to learn the two-way game to be a more effective all-around defenseman is huge. Before we continue with Steven, uh, we get to know more about uh, Levshnov's game, uh, where his kind of projection would be if he could be playing pro hockey here right away, um, or if he's going to go back to Michigan State next year. Uh, just want to take a quick break here. The NFL season may be over, but there's still plenty of time to get in the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. They have live same-game parlays, so maybe you think um, this weekend Brock Purdy starts to get go off. Um, you can maybe bet the over on yards or touchdowns, whatever uh, he's doing. Um, you can also find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. Find the best ways to find popular parlays. I really love an Ayuk touchdown, especially if Debo is a little banged up with a Niners win this weekend. That's my favorite uh, bet of the weekend. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Vandal, official partner of the NFL. 
All right. Um, assuming the Sharks, if they don't get, you know, the, the first overall pick, uh, which we all know is going to be Mac and Celebrini, um, you know, if they're that two, three, four spot uh, and they do draft Lashunov, because again, they're, they're, I think they're, they're still missing a big piece on their, their blue line prospect pool. Uh, where would he fit in with their prospects? Would he be the number one defensive prospect over uh, Mukum Adulin? Um, Like where would he kind of fit in the Sharks? Even uh, get, comparing to maybe guys like Will Smith and Quentin Musty, where would you kind of put him uh, in that that pool? I'd probably maybe put a number two overall behind Will Smith because I'm just, I'm a huge believer in Will Smith, but he'd be the number one defenseman for sure. Just, you know, it's, he's just like, everything he does is just smart for the most part, uh, outside of some of his puck decisions. But it's just like the way, the way he plays, it's so well-rounded. And, and you know, Luke Madulin, I remember watching him in his draft year and thinking like, this might be the dumbest prospect I've ever watched <laughs> in terms of just decision-making. I'm like, I didn't understand. He's improved significantly since then. Very much, yes. I'm not, sh- I, I, it's, it's, I don't think it's in the same class in terms of Lovshunov. It's like, for mm. me, I have him as my sixth-ranked prospect, and I think that's the second-ranked defensive prospect. But it can go a lot of ways. Like Sam Dickinson is is a six foot three monster in London. And uh, obviously f- watch Casper Halton and play this year. You've probably seen Sam Dickinson, what he could do. I have passing <laughs> to Casper Halton and often on the power play. Um, mm-hmm. But then you go look and, you know, Zane Parekh might put up 30 goals and hundred points this year in Saginaw. So there's a lot of good other options, but in terms of just a complete package, Lifshunov is one of the best defensemen that you're going to find. All right. Um, what are, I know you kind of mentioned he might be also, pro ready um there's always kind of the the dealing with ncw prospects right because it's once you sign them they can't go back type of situation how long do you think it's probably another year at michigan state and then it's probably a year in the ahl uh where how do you kind of see his timeline before he's making it making the nhl and then making an impact in the nhl i wouldn't be surprised if he turns pro um mm. this year i i don't know if i think it's still I, when i've come to watching college prospects i feel like it's it you got to wait till like the very end of the season to make a very good read on what's going on. Even like a guy like Cutter Goche last year, where Lefshunov, I wouldn't like, he could probably play in the AHL next year and thrive. But at the same time, it's, you know, winning and cha- getting a chance at a national championship is big and Michigan state should be good for the next couple of years. If he takes one more year, yeah. gets a chance to be part of a winning culture there. That's not a bad thing. And he's still getting the reps. Like, yeah, again, I think the, the biggest downside about college is you don't play a ton of games, but you're playing yeah. against old competition. You're not getting drowned out from having to going from, you know, 35 games played to a full AHL slate type thing. And um, I think it's just like, uh, there's a, there's, I would like to see him play pro, but I feel like there's a lot of benefits in keeping him in college for one more year. If Michigan state's going to be as competitive as we know they can be, especially Trey Augustine, one of the best goalie prospects in the world there. And I know they got some good guys coming along and uh, I, I would like to see him stick around. Yeah, it makes sense. And especially with the Sharks, I mean, you've seen Mike Greer and even before then, uh, actually really spent, since Mike Greer has been very patient with with his prospects and wanting, you know, he uses the term over-ripe and over-ripe and uh, making sure that they're ready to go. And with, you know, that winning culture thing, because uh, we know right now, the Barracuda and the Sharks uh, don't have much winning going on. So it's, you know, it's good to kind of, uh, for, for a guy like him to kind of, to do that. So um, before we kind of continue, you know, look at the, at the, the actual 
bigger thoughts about the 2024 draft. Um, where do you kind of picture an actual range? We'll get to the actual where do you think he's going to go, but where do you think is a realistic range? We know Bob McKenzie put out his uh, his rankings, and I know the Bob father is not the say-all, be-all, but he's usually pretty good at this. It has him at rank three right now at the midterms. Uh, where do you see a realistic range for for Leshinov? Uh, I'd say, listen to what Bob says. I'll say he's his <laughs> he's very list, good at this. His list isn't his own personal rankings. It's what yeah, what the actual scouts are thinking, and that's that's pretty telling. Kind of same thing with you know the hockey news draft. Uh, I know I'm plugging all the competitors, but the hockey news draft guide is kind of another one where that's what the scouts are thinking. And and Corey Promen does the the draft day. It's like he, when he puts out his mock draft on draft day, that's what the draft order is going to be. Um, I think it's so wide open though in terms of like. Yeah. Honestly, second till about seventh or eighth. Like I have, I have endemed it off second because I think just the star power, the potential for him to be another Kirill Kaprizov style talent is very real. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got Cole Eisenman, who's got like on pace for seventy five goals this year, like more than Cole Caulfield, more than Austin Matthews, guys like that. Uh, Konstantinos, a very good two way player out of Finland, and then Anton Siliev, uh, a Russian defenseman who's six foot seven. Some places have put him at six foot eight, but uh, six foot seven that could skate, move, tall. and everything. It's <laughs> like he does everything. It's it's a Victor Hedman style guy that the ceiling is so high. Literally, it has to be because he's so tall. But um, <laughs> just just in general, it's like I I it got like that's interesting. I think we're looking at realistically the three to about six spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some places put him as eight or ninth. I, I don't think that's fair. Makes sense, uh, and especially if. We've seen Mike Greer kind of the way, other than Luca Cagnoni, but we've kind of seen him gravitate towards these defensemen who can do both, kind of be both way two way players. Uh, Luke Cagnoni, I know, is is plays pretty well, especially for a five foot nine defenseman, and you know he's not afraid of the physicality. But you know, Luca Cagnoni is known for his offensive ability, and I think if the Sharks are in a position to to get uh, you know a guy like Artem uh, Lishunov, I think. Mike is going to think really long and hard about a guy like that because I think that can kind of be that as he's really worked to re, to kind of fix this this blue line uh, pipeline. I think this could be kind of his crown jewel. And then you put him with a guy like Muka Madulin who can maybe slide into like your three spot. You're probably feeling really good about where your the defensive prospects are going uh, forward for San Jose. So. Um, Before we finish up with Steven, we get some of his thoughts on the 2024 draft class and what he's looking for going into the second half of the hockey season. I just need to take a quick break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, searching, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Um, So join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Um, All you have to do. Just go uh, use the uh, go to indeed.com slash locked on and you'll get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. Let's talk about the 2024 draft as, as a whole. And I know we're we're still several months out, but uh, it's Macklin Celebrini's world and we're all living in it, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's not even close. <laughs> um, it's like when I, I I remember writing in the summer, and it's like okay, Eiserman uh, Celebrini is number one. I enjoy watching Eiserman more because I like seeing guys who score a lot of goals. But Celebrini goals does a really lot of that fun. too. <laughs> Celebrini does a lot of that too. And we saw like the World mm-hmm. Juniors. He was, I know the um, uh, Lassie uh, and. Um, Mitch Brown from uh, the lead prospects. They're doing hand tracking stats and Celebrini was like the number one in game score the whole tournament long, but Canada didn't make it that far. So hard to give him any votes for MVP, but played like an MVP the way he was out there. But yeah, it's Celebrini is awesome. Um, just <laughs> we, we could just announce that he's the first overall pick now, which is finding out which team is taking him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've watched, uh, you know, for, personal reasons i've watched a fair amount of boston university games and i think the thing that surprises me with him is how physical he is especially yes. for someone who's five foot 11 17 years old um playing against you know other like uh college players and you know because you always worry about that especially like well he's kind of small at five foot 11 it's like you know the dude's like super physical and he's not afraid to get and but he also combines that physicality with like just in, like oozes skill. Um, and yeah, if the Sharks, uh, you know, if if Gary Bettman is going to rig the lottery, this is the year to rig the lottery for the Sharks because nobody's going to question it if you're rigging it for Celebrini compared to Bedard. Uh, that makes too much sense. So uh, yes, yeah, so let's, let's just yeah. hope, pray to the hockey gods that the Sharks uh, can actually pull this off. But um, we, we know that after Celebrini, though, it's, it's such a huge open, wide open uh, kind of... So, who are some of the guys that you're looking at to maybe kind of make a rise here as we kind of enter the second half and uh, get ready for playoffs and all that? So who's, I know you, you kind of mentioned Cole Eiserman, who's got a bunch of questions and has been dropped, but which guys are you kind of looking at to, to make a big jump here? So I have Eiserman at number three, and I'm still sticking to it. I still think that it, like the teams that are passing on him are passing on a 50-goal score. That's just Mm. That's what that is. Um, Ivan Demidov, again, I mentioned him. He's uh, We saw Matthew Mitchkoff last year and all the, the hype around him, and there's a lot of people who still think Demidov might be the better player. Uh, he had mm. to come back from an injury this year, and and yes. I feel like some people have kind of underrated him, but it's like his numbers are still great. He's producing at 1.5 points per game in the MHL, which, um, you know, the MHL, you look at the goalie stats a lot, and they're like, oh, this goalie is the 10th best goalie in the league, and he's got a 935 save percentage. It's like, it's, it's sometimes hard to <laughs> get under get a good reading of russian junior hockey but I, I, he can turn into a hero and guys like that are a lot of fun to watch uh again consolanius i think the world juniors was a really good showing for him he didn't produce a lot of points but he was generating chances he was working as hard as anyone and did not get the numbers that he deserved i thought he was outstanding for finland obviously Seliev, another one lipshunov sam dickinson i mentioned him earlier six foot three and he plays he's i think right now there's no defenseman that's gotten more points than him since like december i think he's producing at a two point per game average right now like looking great the name that i'm going to have to bring up though that people are continuously underrating is berkeley catton remember zach mm-hmm. benson last year remember how uh how many points he put up i did love you some zach up? benson last year if yes you like zach benson benson you're gonna love berkeley catton it's just another guy <laughs> that just puts a ton of points on the board and and just does it consistently like the Holinka Gretzky was a superstar eight goals in that tournament. Um, 
that you're getting a play driver who could do a bit of everything. You're not going to be disappointed if you take them. So those are the guys I'm keeping the closest eye on. Uh, one guy I wanted to quickly ask you about because with these sharks, uh, you know, circling that that Penguins pick, which is looking better and better each day. Um, Adam Yurick, uh, who I know he's dealing with an injury, is probably going to be out for the rest of the year. But before his injury, where did you kind of have him ranked? And then, like, where are you kind of seeing him? Because uh, he's going to fall because of his injury. But where do you kind of see his his future? Yeah, I, I had your chicken around the top 10 originally. This season's mm-hmm. not been good for him, though. He's uh, in, in the Czech League. He hasn't looked that great. Um, I think the Gretzky was fine. Uh, I'd say closer to solid than fine, actually. Um, and yeah. I think the big thing for him was just not being able to produce a lot in the Czech League. And that's not necessarily a huge knock against him because it is pro hockey. It's not easy for a 17-year-old yeah. to do that. But uh, it just didn't feel like he was – it felt like he was too nervous all the time. He'd get the puck, and when he mm. – in the past, he would be able to shoot it. And the Czech junior team, like he will go out there and, and and produce things in the points, take good shots, played a lot like his brother David Yerchuk, the Blue Jackets defenseman. It just wasn't showing it on a consistent basis. I was a little concerned. Right now, I have him at nineteen. I think he is going to probably fall a little farther than that. But kind of like um, uh, who's the finish? Uh, Aaron Kiviaryu, uh, another guy that had such a good you know start to the season uh, and had so much raw talent that it's going to be just like I think the team that takes them is going to get a, a you know a high reward option there. Uh, it's just how does he bounce back next year is the question. All right. Uh, Steven, I know this is your first time doing a draft profile, but uh, at Locked on Sharks, we ask two blood oath questions. I don't know if you know this, but I got your blood. Uh, don't ask. I have my ways. Uh, so question number one, uh, after Macklin Celebrini, I'm going to keep him out of this like we did with Connor Bedard last year. Who, five years from now, who's the best player in the draft not named Macklin Celebrini? Consta Hellenius. And mm. I, I just think that this is a guy that reads the play as well as he does of the hockey IQ. He does. It's only a matter of time for the offense to follow, but he's been so above his peers every single time I've watched him that I like Consolinus a lot. He's going to be like a much better Anton Lindell. If I had to put a okay. prediction down. All right. And then uh, where I know, again, this is very mean asking in January where someone's going to end up in the draft, but where, does Artem uh, Lashunov get picked? I'm going to go number six. I think that number six. Yeah. And it's, he'd be, there's an argument to be made. He'd be the first defenseman taken next last year. Yep. And, and definitely number one next year. Uh, I think it's just this year. It's just so deep and picking between him and Celia and Sam Dickinson. I don't, I would not want to be the team having to make that decision. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Uh, as the, January 23rd, uh, you're a Buffalo Sabre. So, uh, <laughs> sure. There you go. Buffalo sure. Sabres, you know, p- p- get him out there with uh, the defense they got. Uh, might be actually pretty interesting. That's, uh, yeah, just stack on stack on stack. Awesome young defenseman. So, uh, Steven, you said it all. I'm sure we'll have you back on uh, multiple times between now and the draft to continue to break down prospects. Where can the people find you, buddy? Uh, well, first off, uh, San Jose Sharks fans are awesome on Twitter. They are very passionate. I'm very excited to see that they <laughs> are so excited about prospects. It's great. Uh, it's all we have. That and William Eklund. It's all we have right now. <laughs> hey, and it is what it is. Um, you know, I, it, I was kind of pulling for the team to just never win a game this year, to be honest, because it would have been, you know, a, a great story, but B uh, would have made getting Celebrini even sweeter. Um, 
yeah, Twitter, SLS Hockey. Uh, all my draft stuff goes on uh, dailyfaceoff.com and uh, lots of content. A lot of the CHL Top Prospects games coming up this week. I'll be doing some deep stuff on that. So uh, maybe you're a Berkeley Cat fan. Maybe you want to find out how he's doing. And that's uh, I'll be having some notes on him. So, uh, yeah, lots of content coming up. All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk in soon. Yeah, thanks so much. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the first of many draft pro- profiles coming uh here on locked on sharks um if the sharks don't win the draft lottery and they end up in that two three four spot i think mike Greer is going to think really long and hard about uh a guy like lev shuvnov who i think kind of fits the bill of being a p- potential number one defenseman who can be both an offensive generator and a shutdown defenseman that kind of blend of a two-way player so um really excited about uh and the way he's been playing especially again playing in the NCAA um I still think that the Sharks would probably send him back for another season um but I mean you you could be looking at him and Muka Madulin kind of being the future of the Sharks blue line for years to come um so again it's gonna be the first of many we'll have another one next week as well uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to look at some potential trade. Again, maybe if McGrew wants to be aggressive and try to acquire some guys who he thinks um, could help out the Sharks uh, with their rebuild. So we're going to look at some of the, the kind of the big names out there and if they make sense for San Jose uh, to be in on that. So make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. Follow me on Twitter at my fryhole. Until tomorrow. Bye, friends.